Happy Easter. Happy Easter. We're back, we and back. it's Easter, the resurrection of the podcast. Back again. Guess who's back? Great. Oh, friend, I probably shouldn't go any longer because I don't want to get uh, copyright. Yeah, music. copyright laws and stuff. <laughs> well, you know, so I'm very excited to be back. I'm excited yeah. for one particular reason. Okay. So during one of our many liturgies at my parish during the Triduum, tons of altar service. It was great. Like yeah. having a liturgy with 15 altar servers. Oh, wow. Amazing. Uh, but of course, having 15 altar servers in our sacristy was a little chaotic, uh, which is fine. Also, what does and I'm 15 like, altar servers do? They hold candles is okay. what they do. Okay. <laughs> and they move around chairs for, you know, the Lord's Supper. Uh, okay. And they do. But like we've got like candlelight stuff, incense stuff, procession stuff, you know, so um, all that good jazz. Anywho, uh, I was threatening, threatening the altar servers that they better not mess up. And uh, one of the kids is like, oh, no, if we mess up, then you're going to call us out on the podcast. And I was like, I am definitely going to do that. <laughs> so uh, names, number and kind. Yeah, well, actually, no, they all did fine. Uh, one of the I'm not going to I'm not going to reveal any names. Um, but the one who was concerned about this did a great job. Uh, the only the only like big mess up and it wasn't even a big mess up. So um, during the, and we'll talk about this more later, but I was doing the sacraments for the Easter Vigil because I ran RCIA. And at one point, we're supposed to give the godparents the uh, candles lit from the Paschal candle, right? Mm -hmm. The problem was that uh, one person was the godparent for like four people, this family. And so the altar servers are standing there with like four candles for this one person and then they're just standing in the way of everything. And I ended up saying to them, just leave, just go, get out of the way. Get lost. <laughs> yes. Um, other than that, everything went incredibly smoothly. It was nice. amazing. A lot of work was put in by a lot of people. Nice. Um, I don't know if John Paul listens to this, uh, but John Paul uh, was our MC. He's a guy in high school and just just put in so much work and was amazing. Nice. Um, so Do you guys write out notes for your ultra servers and stuff? For the, for not for the altar servers like our mcs have MCs. notes okay um so yeah john paul yeah. had some uh, help from other guys who were kind of like backup mcs as well yeah. um and they we did a practice yeah. but it's kind of like they know what to do and and our altar servers are really good and a lot of our masses that they already do are kind of like high masses if you will for yeah. sunday so it wasn't too difficult for them to add in a few extra things yeah i uh, something similar ish we uh we had uh Francis and Mitchell were kind of my two right hands when it came to serving over the Triduum. And neither of them had served a Triduum before. They, uh, oh, Francis exciting. had been to one, but neither of them had actually served one before. Mm -hmm. um, so lots of, you know, some obvious nerves and stuff like that. But yeah. they killed it. Like the vigil. Awesome. Not a yeah. single mistake from my altar servers. Which, I wrote out some notes for them and everything. And next year, yeah. I saw, I think it was Father um, Woodfield from Texas put this on Twitter. Like, he had these binders for people for different ministries. It's like, that's actually oh, a cool. good idea. It's a lot of work, but it's a good idea. But it, it's, but it's done. But it's done. Like, you just, it's the same every yep. year then, right? So you mm -hmm. can you can have two sets of notes when there are baptisms and when there aren't and, and whatever. So, um, but they, and it was just nice to, it was just nice to, have a normal Easter. Yes. Yeah. Like it was ninety nine percent normal for us. I would say. Full yeah. Same here. And we, yeah. We yeah. had a lot more people come back. Yeah. Uh, for Easter stuff and even for Triduum stuff, it was, yeah. it was nice. 
The Triduum is is good and holy, and it, yet, but then you're. <laughs> I got home at like one thirty on after the Easter vigil. Yeah. Then I went to what was house. your first Sunday mass? I only had one. Well, sorry, I had two. Okay, I had two, but the first one wasn't until ten thirty. Oh, that's good. That's good. And it was a packed church, which was really nice. Um, mm-hmm. But I did joke that Jesus is risen, but the pastor is still arising. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Praise God for uh, a priest in our diocese, Father Tom Coons, who took our 7 a.m. Sunday Mass. Um, so he gets many graces. Yes. Uh, so we never do that. Yeah. But it is. It was good to have like a normal uh, Easter vigil, and it's good to come back to a normal episode of Clerically Speaking. Hey, everybody. I'm Father Anthony. And I am Father Harrison. So I'm in Victoria right now. We usually get a couple of days off after Easter in my diocese, and so I took them this nice. week. Because on Friday, a young woman by the name of Maria Arsenault is becoming a consecrated virgin in our diocese. Super cool. And I'm the MC for that mass. I've oh, I think yeah, I've nice. been unofficially essentially been named. I've been unofficially yeah. named the diocesan MC. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, okay, I'll go to Victoria for a few days for a couple of days off. Like today is, although my my sense of days off is I'm going to sit and write my thesis stuff all day because I'm so so behind. I'm ready. like dangerously behind like this is like it's not good and i gotta get going on this but uh speaking of the triduum you'll notice there's a nice big what happened there's a band-aid on your finger yes it's been what'd you do so good friday good friday two pieces of toast all day go do our 3 p.m liturgy things go great get home at 5 p.m and i'm about to make my one meal which I usually yeah. do this. It's nice and easy. Is a cheap. You get those like cheap pie, uh, pizza crusts with the cheap pasta sauce packages in them. Yeah, you know sure. What talking about yeah, yeah. I was like, I'll make a cheese pizza. like a lunchable. Yeah, as well. Yeah. No, no. Like you can make a cheese pizza. They like, can make a pizza with this, right? Like, it's like a fancy lunchable. It's yeah. Do you know what lunchables yes, are? Yes, I know what lunchables are, but lunchables are small. Yeah, this is like a bigger lunchable. Well, yeah, I guess so. That's actually that's yeah. a fair point. Never thought of it that way. <laughs> That's exactly what a lunchable <laughs> is. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. I'm st- it's, st- it's still early for me. I'm still waking. St- I've only just started my coffee, so. Oh yeah, yeah. Anyways, now the male living by himself brain says, "Well, what's sharp? That's near me. Not the mm-hmm. practical of let's go grab some scissors to open the tomato sauce package." Yeah, yeah. Right. It, no, the male brain goes. Sharp, near, practical, that's what I'll use. Mm-hmm. Even though I could have taken two steps to go get the scissors. Actually, right, without the scissors. Two steps you don't need to take. Exactly. Why, why would I waste my time with that? Mm-hmm. Um, so I grabbed the pa- pasta sauce package, mm-hmm. as I always do, and I grabbed the knife. And it always goes fine. I kind of cut down. But I guess mm-hmm. it kind of caught something as I was cutting it open. And it went... <laughs> <laughs> And it caught the top of the top tip of my finger and like a nice little. Was it a chunk of finger? Uh, it, it I took a chunk off the top of my finger. Uh, like it took off a lot of skin, really. It didn't take off any of the yeah. finger proper, thankfully. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> uh, so then I'm like, okay, that's actually a lot of blood. That's not just a nick. <laughs> <laughs> so I call my pastoral council chair, who also happens to be an emergency room doc. I say, hey, Chris, um, <laughs> this happened. He goes, well, send me a picture. So I take a picture with my phone and I yeah. text it to him. He goes, okay, it's actually not, you know, it's a, it's a good cut. You might not need stitches. So just put some pressure on it for, for a half hour. 
So I did that. Or sorry, 20 minutes, he yeah. said. 20 minutes. And then, but then I was on there for a half hour. Mm-hmm. And every time, I t- and then when I took it off, it would still bleed again. So yeah. it wasn't, it wasn't coagulating or whatever the word is. Um, yes. So I called Chris again. Hey, Chris, um, I think I need to go to the hospital. But there's a problem. <laughs> I drive a manual and I will bleed out all over my car because it's my right hand <laughs> and yeah. I'm shifting and everything. And he goes, I'll be there in 20 minutes. I'll stop by the hospital, pick up a stitching kit, and I'll come to your house. Oh, that's nice. So, and then, so him, and then uh, Adam, who, who, yes, it is his, I actually confirmed it's his real name because he was one of our callers. (laughs) Nice. Uh, He was visiting, him and his wife, Brenda, were visiting uh, Chris, uh, and they were over there, and they're both nurses. So I had a doctor and two nurses at my rectory. (laughs) And so Chris freezes it and then starts stitching it up. And for whatever reason, I had not eaten all day. It's like 6.30 at this point. I'm starving. And I, my blood sugar is just crashing. So Adam like puts like a cold press on my neck. And then he grabs me a Pepsi from the fridge. And I just chug it because I'm like so needing sugar at that point. Yeah. And it's stitched up. And it's still, I mean, it doesn't hurt anymore. But it's not, I, I, I don't actually, I, I've never had stitches before. So I don't know what I'm yeah. supposed to do. So <laughs> <laughs> Just don't poke at him. Just don't Pop poke Harrison, at him. So that is, that's, that's that my is good by story. far... By far the lamest stigmata story I have ever right? heard. I was like, I know Jesus got crucified on Good Friday, but did he get stitches? But I hurt my finger. <laughs> oh, poor me. Uh, oh, that's no. super annoying. That's going to be annoying for a while. It's going to be annoying for a while. And it's, it gets weird because like to typing now, I have to kind of avoid, have to avoid, and even community time. I mean, I can use the finger, but I just don't like the idea of the Eucharist touching a band-aid. Yeah, yeah, no. So I'm doing it like this with my middle finger against my thumb, mm-hmm. and it's using muscles I've not really used. <laughs> uh, but then when I'm doing it, I feel like the Orthodox icon Jesus. Like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so that was my Good Friday. Amazing. I figured well, the people would appreciate this. It's a good story. So we're going to move from medical emergencies <laughs> to theological emergencies. <laughs> Thank you for calling Clerically Speaking. If this is truly a theological emergency, please dial 1 at any time. Hi, I flushed my goldfish down the toilet, and I wanted to know, is that a sin? Theological Emergency. We'll take your call at 412-912-7995. This is exciting because this is our first mystery caller. Harrison, you ready for this? Yeah, there's no name. There's no, no name. name. Question. We can't even do our bit, but I, I think it's an interesting question, so let's go for it. Okay. Do you think a black hole actually might be a portal to heaven? Well, if that is your real name. Um, <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. Isn't. Seems to from one of our young listeners. And I like this question because uh, black holes, I've been reading a lot of sci-fi lately. And uh, I play some sci-fi games. And like black holes are like your catch-all doohickey for you want something cool to happen. You need a portal to another dimension. You need some sort of transformation. You need some sort of thing. You need to destroy uh, matter. Destroy matter, some sort of energy source. So you use a black hole. I'm totally cool with this. It doesn't have to be hard science, you know, for me to work. Um, so the like, question is like, well, okay, if black holes are so interesting and all that jazz, could they be a portal to heaven? And the short answer, and it may or may not be disappointing, is no. <laughs> There's only one portal to heaven, 
and that's by passing away in the Lord, by uh, dying in a state of grace. Because um, if there was, I mean, first of all, many things. If there was a legit portal to heaven uh, in black holes, I think a lot of human beings would, would, it's almost like the Tower of Babel, like trying to reach for heaven by your own power. And God does not like that. That is not good. You know, trying to gain the power of God without God. Uh, and also just, um, you know, metaphysically, uh, the transition from this world to the next can't be done by, you know, purely physical means. It just doesn't work that way. Um, yeah. I don't know. Do you have any other insight on the black holes? Do I thought about it? Actually, kind of, when the, I got the question, have you seen Interstellar? Yeah. I have. Yeah. That's kind of what I was thinking about. Um, mm-hmm. a, I really love the film. Um, people don't like it. They, they, they don't it gives like me the great end. anxiety. People don't like the ending. I actually love the ending. I mean, yeah, the music is quite intense and stuff like that. Um, but um, I really love that movie, and I've always loved it because, yeah. So, in a in a way, a, that movie, a black hole, kind of does become a portal to what I would call like an imminent heaven. Mm-hmm. If you know what I mean, like like a heaven that's not truly heaven, it's not truly where God or Christ is, but it, it's a it is a transcendent plane through which yeah. you can see all of space and time. It's like a new dimension, and so uh, and I've always I always just loved it because I felt it was like this kind of naturalist view of heaven that I thought was just really interesting. Um, yeah, it's kind of like almost like the 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 fabric that binds the universe together is is love kind right. of in that movie. Yeah. Because it's the love that draws him back to his daughter and yeah. through that dimension. So it's like, yeah, okay, that's yeah. a neat fun and idea. Take, and to take least. the risk of like hurtling yourself towards a black hole. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to, yeah. Out of love for your daughter. It, I love you so much, Sonny. I'm going into a black hole. Yeah. Uh, it, it's, 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 uh, it's, it's definitely... And let's pull out this metaphor a little bit too, because like entering into, I mean, forgive the, forgive me any science nerds listening to this, but we're going for like more poetical, metaphorical jargon here, um, like entering into the darkness or nothingness and being pulled out the other side through love. Yeah. There's some resurrection themes in there. Absolutely. There's some you can you can you can mess with some of that stuff. Just, a, just, yeah, a, like, just as a, just as a quick aside and all that, this is why I've always loved Christopher Nolan stuff mm-hmm. because he does film in such a way that he's searching for the that transcendence but by his own mm-hmm. power and so he always comes up against the limit of the created yeah. universe and it and falls short um but i've always appreciated that he's always trying to to push towards the question of transcendence in a really powerful mm-hmm. way and that's why i really like his work i like the fact that it fails because it shows yeah. the necessity of grace Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. anyways, sorry, we're getting way so off there topic. you go. So mystery so, caller, mystery Here's caller, your mystery caller. I yeah no, but in a poetic sense, in a sci-fi sense, possibly. How about yeah. that? But in a real theological sense, no, 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 <laughs> never. No. But it's a good image. <laughs> but what is death but the black way. hole oh, of beautiful. nothingness? Mm-hmm. And you have to go sounds... through death to go into Christ, to Christ with to be with Christ forever. Mm-hmm. No, I'm stressing. Okay, do, do we want to do do we want to do another one? Up to you. You you are in, you are in charge. Oh yeah, I'm the boss man. You're the boss man. Let's see. Uh no. Okay, so here's the deal, friends. While we were taking our break, you were taking your break. We got like no calls. So for next episode, because we're doing a double whammy recording, we've got uh, a couple other ones from the, our backlog that we may have missed. Uh, but hey. 
I mean, the world is full of theological emergencies. I know you've been trying to, you know, keep it together, yep. trying to help us out during our break. You don't want to stress us out, but we're, we're back. We're back in the ministry of theological emergencies. Give us a call. Throw us your theological emergency. And uh, I know some people in my parish have been like telling me, like, I have a theological emergency. It's like, well, we hit, then you have to call the podcast. Yeah. Like, I don't care if I'm your priest. I don't yeah. care if I'm your parochial vicar. Content is content. Exactly. So call the podcast. Yeah. This is this All is right. how you make us happy. <laughs> exactly. There's no greater Easter gift to give to Father Anthony than to call in with a theological emergency. It is my favorite thing. Besides, on this like it's right not now. a priest's job to deal with things directly and immediately. We all know this. We're supposed to be yeah, tested no. and cold and and <laughs> do things at our own pace, right? Uh, I'm thinking about the emails I haven't answered yet. Anyway, time for <laughs> presbyteral <laughs> exhortations. And now it is time for presbyteral exhortations. Oh, yes. yes. Quite good. Quite good. Indubitably. Mm-hmm. I bet they can't wait to learn. They're going to learn <laughs> It's my favorite part. It's the best part. <laughs> yes. Yes. Quite. Yes. Quite. So, Father Harrison. Father Anthony. I, uh, I received uh, my winter edition of Communio yes. just yesterday. Right? Nice. It's I all about. for my. Yeah, so it's on synodality and a few other things. And one of them was on, uh, one of the articles actually on liturgy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was like, oh, awesome. We haven't done a liturgy podcast. I'm going to read it. So this morning, had my 7 o'clock mass, grabbed my coffee, started reading the article, started to get some ideas, and then I woke up an hour later and I had to go to a meeting. Mm-hmm. So I fell asleep on the job. But I definitely want to get back to that because it's this idea of this divorce between um, theology, liturgy, and piety. And the problems with that and the rediscovery of theology actually flowing from liturgy. And that sounds like really up our alley. Hmm. Which, uh, which article was this? It's like the second to last article. Um, oh, it's probably why we need Alexander Schmemann. Yes. The rediscovering somebody. It's yeah. a rediscovering article. Yeah. Yeah. He's an Orthodox priest. Yep. yep. Um, I've read, I've read Schmemann before. Also, I love his name, Schmeyman. Schmeyman. He's Russian, but it sounds so German. Guten Tag, Herr Schmeyman. 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 It was, sounds like it's, like it's like it's like you know like like oh, what's the, I'm not. Uh, never mind. No, never mind. Nope. Nope. <laughs> Brain not awake yet. I'm not going there. Yeah. I'll shut up. But uh, I want to talk a little bit about because uh, I've mentioned this I think before in a few of the podcast episodes that I've been teaching RCIA which bafflingly is now changed to OCIA, mm-hmm. um, the Order of or Ritual the OC. something. Don't call it that. No, no. So I'm still calling it RCIA because in the same way we still call Faith Formation CCD, can't teach a old priest new tricks. Um, but so for the Easter Vigil, my pastor uh, celebrated the Easter Vigil, uh, has a marvelous chanting voice, whether or not he likes to admit it. And so did a great job with everything and all the stuff. But he wanted me to do the sacraments because he's like, hey, you've been working with these people. Uh, How about you do uh, the sacramental part, Mm -hmm. which I was super happy to do. And it was nice because while I've um, I've guest lectured, if you will, at RCA classes, you know, Mm -hmm. I've even done the sacraments for RCA classes before. Mm -hmm. Uh, But this is the first time like I was teaching like the majority of the classes. Uh, and then was able to do it. So I've gotten to know these wonderful people and see them on their journey. And they were able to work with me uh, and my my foibles, 
for example, we did a, a last minute um, conditional baptism mm -hmm. uh, before the vigil because while this person's pretty sure they're baptized, we just don't have any documented evidence of it. Which, let's take a step back. Have you ever done a conditional baptism yep. before? Yep. For me, it was the weirdest thing I may or may not have done. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like Schrodinger's sacrament. <laughs> it is. It is. <laughs> And we'll only find out like in heaven if it happens. <laughs> until we until it, until we get to heaven, it both is and isn't a baptism. Right. So like in the formula is very it really, it's so weird. principle of sacrament though, theology. Sorry. You know, it, this is like making me laugh harder than it should. Oh my gosh. Uh, but it's very odd because I mean, the reason why we do it is because we find the sacraments are very real. Yeah. Baptism cannot be repeated. Mm -hmm. And if there's no documented evidence of it, you know, we get a little nervous. Uh, and I mean, this is one of those just tough situations where the person is older, um, not old, but older and you know, they, we just couldn't get the info. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, as I'm getting ready to do the baptism at four, like four o'clock, uh, on Saturday, I was like, Oh no, I need a witness like a godparent. So I called over the other priest who was there at the house with me. <laughs> he had just woken up from a nap. And so he runs over. So he may or may not be this person's godparents. Which is another just weird situation. This is, so weird. This is hilarious. Like, I love this. But you know, his name as the witness and that date is going in the baptismal book. But it may or may not be the baptism. Yep. It was just it was just very odd. Um, that is. But I think it made sense not to do the conditional baptism at the Easter vigil because it's so weird. So doing it beforehand was good. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Um, and you're still completing the sacraments the same day. Yeah. And then I also did one uh, marriage find, validation. Can you, find, you can even find a photo. No, no photos or nothing. No witnesses. Like for one person, we found a photo. No witnesses, and that was good. Now the it, it's a difficult situation because yeah. the the parents, of the person, are still alive but older, and were very kind of um, not super in favor of the whole conversion mm -hmm. thing. So it was just it was a very tricky situation, which happens is mm -hmm. fine. Mm -hmm. and this is why the church has. Uh, the other neat thing that happened beforehand was that I did a marriage validation, and uh, it was super cute. So uh, the one person. Um, the, the candidate had been trying to join the Catholic Church for a while and encountered some really just terrible problems, um, but was having a much better experience with, you know, our, our group. And uh, the husband was Catholic. And so I was like, all right, let's do this. So we're going to do a quickie validation. And uh, the candidate's sister came and, like, brought a bouquet of flowers for her. Mm -hmm. And uh, to be honest, it was one of the most, if not the most, joyful wedding I've ever celebrated. Nice. Like they were both crying. They were both like looking into each other's eyes. It was super cute yeah. and super cool. You know, I think it's just because they have a deeper realization of what marriage is. Right. And they're both very excited to join the church. So like cool moments like that, which I never had. Nice. Were they, yeah. uh, was the person who's being received into the church baptized already? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. Uh, so I had all their, um, and shout out to uh, Father Bill down on our tribunal for helping me with that stuff too. So. <laughs> Marriages yeah. are messy. Mm -hmm. And that's why the church has, you know, avenues to work on those things. Yep. Yeah. And for the Easter Vigil itself, you know, at the beginning, I was very concerned about the liturgy. Are things going all right? Blah, blah, mm -hmm. blah. And kind of like halfway through, I was just caught up with so much joy at everything that was happening. And to see these people, it was one of the more fatherly moments I've experienced, uh, knowing their journeys, knowing how excited they were 
for everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so being able to baptize and confirm and welcome in was really, really wonderful. But uh, kind of what I want to talk about is we, we're doing a mystagogy period. So the mystagogy period, it comes uh, from the fact that back in the day in the early church, those coming into the church would never experience the liturgy of the Eucharist. Right. Right. And so this was a mystery to them. And the first time they saw it and everything else was the Easter vigil. So they're kind of like thrown into it. And the idea is for them just to like blank slate, just experience it. Mm-hmm. And then the period afterward would be to explain what happened. <laughs> right. And we have a bunch of these homilies and teachings, even some of them in the, are in the breviary. Right. Um, and now it's not quite the same because people have the internet. Also, some people have been going to mass with their spouses for you know a long time, <laughs> sometimes even more so than other Catholics, yep. right? Um, but it's going to be an opportunity for us to like bring in our deacons, other ministers, other people in the church, give talks. Mm-hmm. But but last night um, we didn't have that, so I pulled a an old teacher trick because mm-hmm. I didn't have anything super prepared. Um, so you know when like your teacher didn't feel like teaching. Mm-hmm. And it was a science class. They put a video Who in. Who they bring in to help? They put a video in. Yeah. So I pulled the Bill Nye, the science guy move, except it was Bishop Barron, the <laughs> theology guy. <laughs> <laughs> so we watched the episode on Mary because Mary we hadn't covered explicitly. Exactly. Go ahead. We're on fire. You can steal that. Um, what was interesting was them talking about some of their experiences being brand new tiny baby Catholics. Right. And some of them were talking about how like even before the Easter vigil, they were receiving like all kinds of like doubts and fears right before the vigil. Mm -hmm. Why do you think that was happening? Spiritual attack is often the case. Uh, Mm -hmm. It also shows that they've been suitably prepared to understand the seriousness of what they're entering into. Yeah. So you did a good job. Yeah. But it's one of those things that was, it was kind of like, you know, it's, it's a lot of fun to welcome people into like the joys of the sacraments, all that stuff, but also spiritual warfare gets ratcheted up Yep. because the enemy does not want you to be Catholic. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. He doesn't. Yeah. Um, but it was just cool to see them. They, they still went through with everything and it's kind of like, Pushing your baby birds out the nest, they were able to fly anyway and get uh, all sacramentalized. Mm-hmm. But then the other thing, um, a few things they mentioned was this kind of shifting of their in-group, out-group, mm-hmm. just from an experiential thing. Like uh, they were saying, there's a bunch of churches on our street, and uh, one of our uh, um, new Christians, she was walking by, and she was like, am I allowed to go into that church anymore? Like there's a Methodist church right next to us. It's like, will alarms go off? Like I'm not, I'm not a part of this group anymore. Right. And she didn't even go to that church, but just, you know, for a Protestant, church is a very different concept. And it's also very different reasons. Like I've been told by a lot of Protestant friends that often it has very little to do with theology of what church they go to and everything yeah. about the community. Exactly. So it's kind of like, Every church is kind of your church, yeah. but now they're not. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, With the, did they did, had, did they speak about like their experience of the baptisms and receptions itself and everything? Or uh, We talked about that a little bit um, the, the day after. Uh, and 
for them all, it was just kind of just just a joyful experience <laughs> for them. Um, and uh, they all put on, almost all of them put on their albs backwards. <laughs> there was a little tie that's supposed to be in the front, and they uh, all thought it was a tie that's supposed to be in the back. <laughs> Which I just let go. It's like, whatever. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and they all were really good at receiving communion. Nice. Um, and they all mentioned how it's like, so we, the way we did communion was that we had a kneeler kind of right inside the altar rail. Mm-hmm. And they could come up and kneel. And if they wanted to receive from both species, they could do so on the tongue through intinction. If they wanted to receive on the hand, they could just do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and they kind of all said that even though the entire church was looking at them, they didn't feel that. It was just kind of an intimate moment with Christ in that, mm-hmm. um, which was cool. Yeah, we did. We had we had one baptism. And so because it was just the one, I, I consecrated a second chalice. And then um, I brought him into the sanctuary with his his sponsor uh because it was it would have i think it would have been even more nerve-wracking if he just kind of came up and it would have been hard to like go down bring the eucharist and go back up get the chalice come back down so i was like this is also just easier and it went really well and i think you know he's a little nervous about being like front and attention of everyone but um yeah and now it's just and i think this is the other thing it's like now it's now that they're fully initiated it now becomes the real work of like habituating yourself to the pattern of the catholic life right uh going yeah. mass and making that a part of your life and and the gestures become less awkward and more internalized um mm-hmm. it's the time it is it is the time like the initiation the initial initiation has finished but now the practice the practice or practical initiation um continues right and it's it's just it's cool to see and it's cool to see them coming up for community now one amongst everyone else yeah right and it's really yeah. beautiful to see yeah the, there's a married couple who we went through rca and i saw them at daily mass and i was like yay awesome. <laughs> they're at daily mass i gave them communion delightful yeah um but it's been so f- fascinating to see like the catholic world through their newly catholic guys mm-hmm. like uh the one guy was telling me um this was before uh he was fully initiated but he went into the church and prayed before the tabernacle because he was like oh i can do this now i believe that that's jesus mm-hmm. And his experience was fascinating because he was just like super, because normally very talkative guy, uh, able to talk and stuff in prayer, very natural for him. Uh, but he, as he knelt, you know, in front of the tabernacle was like overwhelmed with God's presence mm. and was speechless. Mm. And he's like, oh, okay, I guess I'll just shut up and listen then. Nice. That's beautiful. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that's prayer, baby. That's it. <laughs> the other stuff is prayer too, but yeah. this is like a whole new dimension. Yeah, and I was yeah, like, yeah. 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 <laughs> that's beautiful. It's so cool. It was so cool. <laughs> uh, another thing uh, they mentioned was um, more temptations after hmm. the fact, like um, a feeling of like for their second communion, basically the second Sunday. Mm-hmm. Uh, two things, kind of like, am I allowed to do this? Right. Because for so long, a lot of them have been going to mass and have not been allowed to do this thing. Right. So there's kind of that human gut reaction. And I, I joked with them. It's like, well, you are all good rule followers. That's why you wanted to join the Catholic Church in the first place. And, and so that's... And welcome to Catholic guilt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but seriously, seriously, like, I'm glad we had a chance to talk about it. Um, because there was that and the feeling of unworthiness. And did I commit a mortal sin? And like, uh, oh, no, let's let's nip this in the bud. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. This, this is something a lot of people struggle with, right? Yeah. <sighs> and I, uh, I talked to them about my niece. Mm-hmm producer indiana and how uh now don't get shocked by this you know producer indiana in the classical sense uh 
she she is not a productive member of society oh absolutely not no she's done nothing in fact oh, she produces you know, even she, well let's but, be honest she's a figurehead no but it's just it's 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 a lot of diapers yes it's a lot of diapers <laughs> and in fact you know indiana selfishly by being a baby has thrown off our producer nick's time schedule and that's the reason why some of our uh, podcasts were late because because indiana was throwing off the production line right? right she's a terrible employee is what i'm saying <laughs> maybe we should fire her uh, you know you maybe we should but i, I, I shared all that because <laughs> my entire family was so excited this easter mm-hmm. Because she could have her first ravioli. <laughs> you know, I'm not super Italian uh, as I pretend to be, but the fact that we were all geeked up for her to eat ravioli is like, well, I'm still a little bit Italian. <laughs> and so we were super excited to give her the regatta cheese. Mm-hmm. And she did a good job. Yep. But it was also super gross because eating is a new thing for her. <laughs> yeah. I saw the video. It was just like, it was in there, but not much of it. And it fell yeah. all over the place. And yeah. She's still learning. Yeah. And she's like, why is everyone uh, looking at me? <laughs> yeah but it's, the point is we're feeding her because we love her right <laughs> right yeah it's like guys you are all tiny babies and you need this food yeah. to survive yeah you know you gotta keep that in mind and it's it's you know it's interesting actually too like and it's something i think i want to put this i was listening to um Catholic stuff you should know. No, I'm kidding. Um, yeah. The other day, they're talking. Welcome about, back, guys. Yeah, welcome we're back. glad you're we're back. Ha- we're, ha- we're happy you're back. Um, yeah. Um, but they were talking about this. The, the thing you brought about mortal sin there, and I thought, oh, that's a good yeah. thing because like, they brought up a whole discussion around this about is that like the right way that we should be approaching the question? And mm-hmm. and but these are, so like these questions come out often more out of a sense of fear. Yes. Rather than out of love. And it's not even a bad, but it's like, it's, it's not a bad fear. It's, it's the fear that one has to work through as they mature in love. Exactly. It's incomplete. Yeah. It's like, and it's not a bad thing. Again, everyone no. has to go through this. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and so for, for those people asking, is this a moral sin or anything? It's like, okay, no, no, just, just chill, just chill, just chill. Um, first, trust your conscience. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Trust your conscience, right? But then, um, ask yourself: Am I asking this question out of love? Is this the right mm-hmm. way to ask the question, right? And but these are as they are entering more and more into the life of the church and, and understanding her, her teach, and internalizing her teachings more. They'll they'll have a better sense of it. But they have to. It's like they're taking their first moral steps as a Catholic, and yeah. so now it takes time to discern how that all works. Mm-hmm. So. And it's 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 fascinating because you know I do spiritual direction like you do too. We hear a lot of people in the confessional, and a lot of times, it's a few things. So I give them some general rules of thumb, mm-hmm. and I was like, guys, if you are going to mass, you're praying, and you're striving to live out the sacraments, and you're not perfect, and you know you sin, fine. If you're unsure if something's a mortal sin, it's a good chance that's not a mortal sin yeah. then right yeah. if you are striving for holiness there's a good chance now not always of course because people are different, but, but like you know but also we do this thing and it's kind of like um we refuse to fly by our instruments mm-hmm. so when you're a pilot and you're flying in fog or in a starless night you can't trust your senses you can't trust your feelings you have to trust your instruments to so you don't crash and die and in the same way it's like okay what are the three conditions 
for moral sighting. Go over them uh, and just be honest. Like, don't trust your gut. Trust your brain. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but also we do this weird thing where it's like a lot of times the first answer that pops into our head is the right answer. Like if someone were to come to you with this, would you say it's a mortal sin? No. But then we do this thing. It's like, what if I just don't want it to be a mortal sin? So I'm tricking myself. And then we get caught up in our own brains and cause ourselves a lot of anxiety. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, and that's just a you can't live that way for very long. You'll drive yourself nuts. Right. Um, yeah. So just to watch out for that. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. Absolutely. It's it's moralism is a bad thing and yeah. it's not at a, a place of love. Mm-hmm. Right. It's, it's, yeah. it's, and it's I, I think I made a good point there about if you're questioning whether it is or not, then it, there's a good chance it isn't. I, and I say this to people a lot too. We're becoming a yeah. confession podcast, I swear. <laughs> um, <laughs> I know, really? But, um, you know, but, oh, I'm not sure if I, if I confess this or not. I said, hold on. Unless you have a reasonable certainty that you didn't, then yeah. it's not worth bringing up. Yeah. But also... And the other thing that has to qualify is that you purposely withheld it. And it's like, exactly. So it's like, cause I don't want to hear 20 times. Well, I had premarital sex, you know, when I was in my twenties and 50 years later, but I'm not sure if I confessed or not, or if I wasn't sure if I was really sorry or whatever. It's like, it's yeah. been confessed. It's been forgiven. Let it go. Mm-hmm. Let it go. And it's one of those things. I think this is why Easter's longer than Lent. Cause for a lot of us, it's harder to accept mercy and love than it is for us to accept our own sinfulness. Mm-hmm. Like sinfulness is something that's kind of close to us, whereas God's mercy is so flabbergastingly amazing. It's harder for us to interiorize that. Yeah. Um, and so we need this time to really accept. That's why I love Divine Mercy Sunday. And uh, the you know the refrain uh, from Divine Mercy is "I trust in you." Yeah. And it's this thing where we we go to God, um, kind of as beggars for His mercy. But beggars in the sense that we realize how empty we are, that we have nothing. Yeah. Not beggars in the sense that we have to be very persuasive in order to earn God's mercy. Right. And that our nothing, we have to, our nothing is yeah. communion with Jesus. Exactly. And that just takes a long time to interiorize. I think that's one of the biggest uh, struggles in the spiritual life. Yeah. Um, a few other things, uh, looking at the church through the eyes of uh, former Protestants, is that one guy was telling me, like, a lot of times during the week, there's no reason to go into a church when you're a Protestant. Hmm. Like, unless there's like a book club or something. But uh, he was like, I can just go into the church and there's adoration. Right. Or there's uh, the tabernacle there. Or it's just, you know, a nice place to pray. Um, and or I was there's like, yeah. devotions going on or there's a talk or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's just a lot of reasons to stop by in a Catholic church, go in there, light a candle. Like, it's like this kind of little oasis. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. Because. Right, you know, right, because we make uh, it like in a way the the parish church is kind of for every little parish territory a pilgrimage spot. Yeah, exactly. Or even like one of our people will often visit. We have a beautiful statue of the Blessed Mother. We'll come visit that and you know pray for a little bit there, um, and just kind of acknowledging and realizing how helpful signs and symbols are, and how they lead us towards God. It's a whole different worldview. A sacramental one, if you will. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, exactly, <laughs> a sacramental worldview. Um, so, uh, yeah, and it's so it's and you, the other thing that I was struck by was um, I did five baptisms, regular baptisms, uh, the next Sunday, mm-hmm. um, 
and it was chaotic and wonderful. And afterwards, I went downstairs because it was Donut Sunday. And there's still a few Catholic families who were just hanging out, talking to each other. Their kids are running around, just going nuts. And they were all at this table talking. It was just delightful. Mm-hmm. And uh, they were talking about somebody, one of the parents was a convert. It's, it's funny to see kind of not the end of the journey, if you will, but there are so many people who I've met who were converts who I have no idea were mm-hmm. converts. Mm-hmm. They've just totally adapted the Catholic thing. Not mm-hmm. that they're perfect or anything. Um, so it's fun to see... Um, people at the beginning of this kind of Catholic journey than those who have walked it for 15 years. Right. It's also because like a lot of them, a lot of my RCA people um, who are now Catholics, like you, even through RCA, you see the Catholic worldview, them adopting it slowly or they already had it and didn't realize it. And it's just so cool to see and to be a part of. Hmm. No, absolutely. And it's, it's, it really shows you how the sacraments change things. Yes. Because with, with, um, it changes not like, like this kind of stumbling through things and everything. It's all part of the sacraments change their relationship. Right. And this is what sacraments do. They change a relationship. They change rites and sacraments in the church change one's relationship within the body of the church and thus it means a new way of being right so Mm -hmm. um as i was talking about earlier we had this woman who's becoming a consecrated virgin okay it's not a sacrament but it's a new it's an order yeah she's entering into a new relationship with christ and his church that she does not Mm -hmm. have at this moment so for these people who are baptized or received into the church now now they relate to Christ and his church and, and the church's members in a vastly different way than they did before. And that's, and now the stumbling through the practicals of it all is a sign that something has really changed. And that's actually the sign there. It's like, how do we know the yeah. sacraments work? Well, you see it in the practice of, okay, I got to stumble through all this. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And then uh, also to see they are already evangelizing hmm. um, accidentally. Uh, you know, there's um, uh, at least two people, yeah, who um, their spouse is Catholic and they were going through RCA. And now their spouses are learning more and more interested and like their interest and fervor in the faith has grown. Right. Or even, like, you know, uh, one of our, we had like a, basically a family who entered the church. Mm-hmm. And uh, the reason why is because their daughter went to Catholic school hmm. and was kind of drawn to it. Hmm. And they're like, hey, we don't really have a church. Okay, you like this Catholic thing. Let's do it. Yeah. Uh, and to see in a very simple way yeah. how even like that young person, and she's a regular old teenager, right? Um, cool. And uh, yeah, and just brought people into the church. Our, our guy who got baptized, the pandemic made him think that he had to pursue God a bit. And why did he come to our church? It's the one he saw all the time. Yeah, it's as simple as that. It's like, well, I got to go to church somewhere. Like, oh, look at that one. Right, exactly, right? But then as they enter into the process, they say, yes, I want to be here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and it's also been, you know, it, it's striking during the octave. So Eucharistic Prayer 1 has those different options for the octave. And they're all about um, the RCIA candidates. So even a lot of the colics and stuff mm-hmm. are about the newly baptized. Yeah. That Like the church is really like focusing on them, especially in the beginning of the Easter season, 
to continue to support them with like our prayers. The, the Easter Vigil, like there's even parts where you're praying for the godparents and stuff like that. Insert yep. godparent name here and everything. You're like, whoa, this is the church is recognizing us that this all exists for these people. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. Yeah, it is. It really is. Um, so it's been just really cool to be a part of. Um, uh, even though it's been a little messy on my part, uh, the Lord has worked his grace through through all of it. And it's just been uh, nice. really, really cool. Nice. Yeah, it's, it's one thing. It's harder when you're a pastor. I don't know. Maybe every, every parish is different and stuff. But sure. it's harder as a pastor to really do stuff like lead RCIA. Because yeah, no, absolutely you, it is. I'm really, when you're a pastor, it's like it's hard to do anything on a weekly basis. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anything at all. You're just like, oh, my gosh. Um, and... Because I actually miss, I loved doing, I love teaching RCA and stuff. It's a little hard with just one person. Um, yeah, but, that's definitely. Um, but, you know, my hope, but it's interesting, again, like, over the last few weeks, a few Protestants have just kind of shown up at our church saying, you know, I'm, I'm interested in the Catholic faith, I think. I'd like to talk to you. I'm like, yeah, like, and this is my, because this is the other thing. It's like, I know we talk a lot about evangelization when you're supposed to, and yes, we are, we should, we should be missionaries. But it amazes me that most people who come through the doors who want to become Catholic, very rarely it's because someone was on a street corner saying to them, preaching the gospel. Yeah. It's some very ordinary thing that draws them there. And mm-hmm. um, it's really beautiful, actually. I think that's quite amazing how Jesus does that. But um, yeah, no, I've always loved, I remember before I went to seminary, like I would teach a lot at RCA and I really, yeah. really enjoyed it. And, it's always, and you always learn stuff. You go and uh, you learn... And it, it forces you, how can I explain this, the faith in the most straightforward way possible without getting, for someone like myself, to not get into the weeds yeah. too much. Okay, let's mm-hmm. talk about the church. Well, let's talk about what church is. Let's talk about ecclesiology. Let's talk about the church. No, no, you can't do all that stuff. Yeah. Um, you just, this is the church. This is why it's important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good to get back to the core of that stuff. But also, you're absolutely right because, um, you know, I think last year my pastor was more able because with COVID there was less stuff going on. He was more able to be a part of RCA stuff. Mm-hmm. This year he just couldn't. Uh, so he's running around doing a lot. He's crazy busy. And yeah. this is something that I could take on yeah. and do. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's absolutely. Enjoy you know, being an assistant while you can. I will. I will. I'm enjoying it more and more. <laughs> I'm very comfortable where I am right now. Yeah, and I was like. I remember saying, I'm like, I've never desired, like, I, I will be a pastor and I'm happy to be one, but it was never, it's never something I chased after because <laughs> it just means a lot more responsibility. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I can do a lot of good priest stuff right now. I'm yeah. kind of happy doing it. Yeah. So it's like, okay, this is cool. <laughs> exactly. exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's cool. Well, that's good that the vigil was um, fruitful for you in that way. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so make sure that uh, you pray for our newly baptized welcomed catholics um because not just the ones in your parish but everywhere they're all still going through the journey and taking their first steps and everything and it's super cool to see that what a gift they already are to the church and you know so many people have talked about how cool it was to see them all get baptized and everything and the church has always acknowledged this that like them entering the church is a gift to them but also a gift to the entire body so we're gonna keep praying for them absolutely some of whom may be listeners to this podcast. All right, guys. Uh, thanks for listening. Please leave a review on iTunes and tell your friends about the podcast. Tell your enemies, too, because Jesus says we must love our enemies. You can find me teaching mystagogy at my parish. You can find me on Twitter at frharrison. Contact the podcast and receive updates at ClericalPod on Twitter. Find us on Facebook, YouTube, or email us at clericallyspeaking at gmail.com. 
if you have a theological emergency and you know you do, call 412-912-7995, 412-912-7995. If you want to enter the Catholic Church, call your local parish. Peace. God bless.